Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. This week, we are delving into Facebook and how you can repurpose your content onto Facebook in the most effective ways. And I have a great guest, Liz Melville. Now, Liz and I met when we were both speaking at Janet Murray's Content Live event in November last year. Liz is a highly regarded Facebook ads and marketing specialist with over eight years experience in promoting brands and businesses online. And her clients spend tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads each month and include some of the biggest names on Facebook and in this online marketing world. And she's also mentored and taught countless online course creators and personal brands. So welcome to the show, Liz. Oh, thanks, Amy. It's really good to be here. So tell us a bit more. What did I miss in that introduction? (laughs) You pretty covered that well. Um, I suppose the only thing other to say is that I very much specialize in helping online course creators. So I love just getting my teeth into a launch and helping people get their ads out there, reach new audiences and, and really tap into Facebook because I think it can be quite a scary place. And I just try and help them, you know, find the people they want to speak to on that network. And why did you decide to specialise in Facebook? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) I suppose when I first started out in social media, I had Facebook was the first platform I'd set up. And I I love chatting to people on there just in a kind of personal context. So when I, I started out as a social media consultant, I was actually helping businesses of all shapes and forms, but also using pretty much all the social platforms. So it would have been Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it, I would have helped with that. But I just very much felt you can't be, you know, jack of all trades you need to be master of one and Facebook in itself was big enough to try to get to grips with to really understand and to be able to help people properly so I just focused in on Facebook and and that's where it all started. Yeah and then I guess really specifically focusing then on Facebook ads and the advertising platform as well which a lot of people find you know well it is quite clunky it's it's quite hard it's not the most intuitive is it for people to work out and there's the it's very powerful but not everyone knows how to get the most out of what you can do on the advertising platform yeah absolutely I mean it's great for me that it's not intuitive because I can yeah. help people and, and they need that help but yeah I think for your average you know user going in there trying to figure out how to run ads or or even how to get their posts on Facebook seen it isn't intuitive and it can feel like a, you know pushing water uphill against the algorithm to try and get your content out there yeah it can and, and what are your thoughts on Facebook at the moment in terms of obviously it started to get a lot of, of bad press with all of the issues with with data and data protection and everything um, and the inquiries that have been going on with Facebook so you do hear you know quite a few people certainly in the circles that I work with quite a few people who started to lose some faith with Facebook and started to get fed up basically and, and start saying that they were going to focus elsewhere but of course they're still millions upon millions of people using it every day but what are your thoughts on on all of that 
I think it's exactly that, Amy. There are millions and millions and billions of people using Facebook every day. So it's almost cutting your nose off to spite your face to say, oh, I don't like it. It's too hard. I'm not going to use it. Because if your ideal audience is on there, it's probably a rich picking ground, ground to go out there, find them and serve content right into their newsfeed. Um, and, you know, you can't get away from the fact 2.2 billion people is the biggest network that we probably use. But if your audience isn't on there, then I think there's merit to go to other platforms where there's more of them. But if they are on Facebook, then, you know, it's almost missing an opportunity to decide you're just not going to be on there. It is, isn't it? It's um, it's like you said, it's probably hard to find many industry, many, many target audiences where they're not on Facebook. And if you are trying to reach them and you want to use paid ads, there's nothing better than the Facebook advertising platform. None of the other social media platforms have anything that comes close to as powerful as the Facebook ads platform for targeting audiences. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a little bit biased, obviously, but I mean, I, I do honestly believe that Facebook has the most targeted and powerful advertising platform there is. And, mm. and I would even put that up against Google. I mean, it's a slightly different type of advertising, but it is targeted because you can tap into all the data that Facebook has about their users. And, and this isn't getting all kind of suspicious about, oh, they're gathering data. This is data that we tell Facebook. You know, it's about where we live, how old we are, what pages we like, all that information that we're just giving to the network advertisers can tap into that to really laser down into reaching exactly who they want to talk to yeah exactly so you know it is powerful and you're right i guess you know if you choose to be on there then you're giving that information aren't you so um you are consenting to that whether you, whether you like it or not for your behavior um so talking about content and content creators so a lot of people who listen to the show are video content creators, many podcasters, bloggers, um, people who have memberships as well. So when we're looking at creating original content and then repurposing it out onto the different social platforms, I'd really love to get your thoughts really on what's working on Facebook at the moment. So maybe starting with the video content creators who are creating, you know, regular great videos for perhaps their YouTube channels or their, their memberships, their websites. What do you think they could be doing with their video content on Facebook? I mean, that is a great question, Amy, and I think video creators will particularly love it because Facebook is heavily focused on video. And, you know, I say this a lot to people that, you know, if Facebook is, is going to put that emphasis on video and serving more video into people's news feeds, then the best thing you can do is to create more video on the platform. So I think if you're already in the practice of doing that, it's a case of looking at, well, how can I repurpose it? How can I maybe cut up my videos into shorter chunks, sound bites, um, little 15 second clips, or you know even just one minute long clips that I can put out there in video content. And that's even if you're talking about sort of like a podcast, which, you know, I'm a podcaster myself, is turning little clips from your audio into a video audiogram that it, Facebook sees that as a video, 
and then it will it will serve it further you will get more reach you will um, get to speak to more people and you can also build audiences out of the people who have watched those videos as well even if it's just an audiogram and they're, they're technically just listening to it there's not really anything to watch it's still classed as a video so there's lots you can do with video to really expand your reach and and to get more visible yeah, I mean, that's what we do with our clients. We create the short teasers, varying lengths, varying duration, and also the podcast audiograms as well. And we see them working really, really well. Would you say there is an ideal length for spe- specifically the video teasers? So when we work with people who've created these really great kind of 20 minute long videos, and then we chop them down into like interesting, insightful, or funny. 20 30 40 second clips but what is there a sweet spot do you think on what the duration should be of the short clips yeah I mean that's another good question and there's been quite a lot of research done on Facebook as to you know what people react to and at what point their interest sort of drops off and I think it really depends on what type of video content you're putting out so if you're doing something like a Facebook live the sweet spot's probably around about the 15 to 16 minute mark and you'll usually get good interest up to that point and it's after that it starts to wane but if you're doing a 15 minute you know Facebook live there's probably lots of opportunities to then as you say um, you know download the the video cut it up get those little sweet spot chunks and if you're talking a shorter video and it's pre-recorded then probably you know 90 seconds or even under a minute can be really powerful because people have such short attention spans and they're scrolling through that feed but if something catches their attention they'll listen to a good portion of a short video uh, and you can capture that as I say as an audience Um, but Facebook lives tend to lend themselves to the longer but I think pre-recorded I think the shorter the better particularly if you're putting in an ad now there will always be somebody who says oh but I've had great results from a 20 minute long pre-recorded video and that's great and I, I think that's when it comes down to it's testing out what your audience will react to it's what do they want to consume so rather than having a kind of hard and fast rule of my video should only be so long I think it's you know test out different formats test out different lengths see what people want to to listen to and you know then take it from there yeah I completely agree with you because um it really does depend on who your audience is there's no right or wrong is there but what do people respond to and um I I tend to think that you don't necessarily consider that people would be going to Facebook or really social media platforms for long form video content because you because they're not usually in that frame of mind when they're looking they're kind of looking to scroll and just moving their thumb quickly and consuming things quickly aren't they but some people do but I think what you said about Facebook live um, that's different I kind of I know Facebook lives are content but actually I consider them to more be providing you ex- an experience to your audience and a, it's like a community building experience and an opportunity to interact which is you know it's different to just sitting down and watching choosing to watch a long-form content isn't it because there's there's that engagement with the person on on the other end and the community and the people interacting and it could be fun but then when the live videos have been completed and then they're on your Facebook page as um you know a a replay what are your thoughts on what you can do with the replay in terms of uh, do people tend to watch a replay of a facebook live i 
my personal opinion is I don't think people are always that interested in watching a replay of a live because you're not there. So you're not in the experience. But what do you think on that? See, it's an interesting one because I think what what a, a lot of people will experience is that they do a Facebook Live and actually not that many people turn up. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be quite demoralizing in itself. But you'll often find that once you finish the live, people do watch it, particularly if you promote it. So for me, it's having... A kind of strategy that if you're going to do Facebook Lives, what are you doing to pre-promote it that you do get people on their live, that they're engaging with you in real time? Because that's going to be a better experience for you and for them. But then once you've finished, what are you going to do to post-promote it and to get it out to more people that they come back to your page and they watch it because that's good for the health of your page too it's getting engagement on there it's making the algorithm sit up and say right people are on this page they're looking at the content they're interacting with it we're going to serve the next lot of content out to even more people so it's a good thing to do Um, but as you say Facebook lives are all about that experience and that connection so you want to get as many people on there live as you possibly can but they will watch it afterwards. And I think it's also then about thinking, what, how can I take that live out into different formats that people can consume more easily so that they're not necessarily having to watch the full length live but that might be just putting embedding it into your regular weekly newsletter you know that that can become your newsletter is to say right you know i'm talking about this topic i've got a video on it click on the link and you go back to the facebook live and you watch it Um, or it can be putting it out into shorter as you said earlier sound bites little you know quotes that are really pertinent cut it down into that turn that into an audiogram or just put it out as its own little standalone clip and put that onto other platforms as well so there's really a lot you can do with it just by re- recutting it up yeah I agree and we always say to our um, clients and I say to you know people who get in touch with me for advice that it's always great to try and segment your lives so that there's a chunk of just quality content where it's you know it's you talking and you maybe let your viewers know that for the next five minutes or 10 minutes or so um you're not going to be responding to comments as they come in um you're going to be you know talking about a particular topic and then you'll get down to the questions and things like that so because then if you segment it you have people who join you interact with them do a little bit of a core bit of content and then get back to the interaction it's that core bit that sometimes I think is really good to take out and let it stand on its own for people who just aren't that interested in seeing the the party that they weren't at, if you know what I mean, the bits at the start and the bits at the end, but they're interested in what you're presenting on and your core topic. Um, so that's something I think, well, it's basically what you were just saying. It's something that I think works really well, but some people do want to see the replay, don't they? Like, like you said, some people, more people end up watching it. So there is a desire for that. It just depends on you on in your niche and your audience, doesn't it? And everything is going to be different for everyone else so work out what works for you yeah and I suppose it's a bit Mm. like the movie industry I mean you know how often do you see the trailer for a movie and think oh that looks really good and I'll I'll go and watch the full thing and before you know it you've watched two hours of a video of a a movie that you never intend to do or even on Netflix when you're binge watching and you see a trailer for the next series they want to serve and you think yeah okay that looks interesting and yeah six hours later you've finished the series so I think (laughs) it's also it's thinking if you're if your Facebook live is the main movie how can you create a trailer based on that and serve that out to people that it tempts them back to watch that main facebook live it's always be thinking about how you can cut it up how you can you know present that that it's compelling for people to watch 
Yeah, I completely agree. And what what are your opinions on um, non-video posts where people are posting with, let's say, text only? So how does text only posts tend to do on Facebook at the moment? I guess it's one of those things, you know, if you write a text only post and it's amazing content and it's absolutely hitting the mark with your audience, they're resonating with it, it's emotionally charged, then it will do well. But in the main, Facebook categorizes the types of posts that are on the network and it, and it also creates a kind of hierarchy of what it will give priority to in the newsfeed. So right at the top of the pile is, is video and Facebook Lives is, you know, above that. So live video then pre-recorded video and then you're kind of getting into probably image image posts ones that use photos and then it's underneath that that it will start to prioritize text only or link posts are right at the bottom so if you are relying on just writing something and there's no image attached and no photo attached and no video attached it's probably not going to get much priority from facebook um, no. it, so you you're better playing the game with what the algorithm is looking for what facebook is wanting to promote on its network and that's why video is so 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 important right now and um, so it's not to say that you know text only posts won't work they will if your content is good but i wouldn't be relying on them an awful lot no and posts with images is the Facebook algorithm intelligent enough to know when people post images that are genuine uh, photographs that they've taken, you know, themselves versus images that are, you know, kind of quote images um, and stock images and those, well, I guess stock can often be photos, that must be difficult, but more the quote type images that we see. Is it intelligent enough to notice and does does it differentiate in some way of how it treats that? It absolutely will. So, what I mean, I wouldn't pretend to know exactly what the algorithm does and how it screens things because it's so sophisticated and there's almost a hundred thousand factors that go into you know what it looks at and how it prioritizes posts. But it's certainly when it looks at an image, if it picks up this text on that image, it will look for how much text is on it. And if you've got more than 20% text on an image, you will probably find that it's going to pull back your reach. It'll probably do that organically. You might get away with it organically. Um, But if you want to turn that post into an ad to take it to an even bigger audience and new people, it won't do it um, because it doesn't like a lot of text on an ad. So yes, it is screening it. So you need to be careful if you're going to use quotes in an image and you've got a mind to turn that into an ad, you're probably gonna have to make sure that it complies it's got less than 20% text yeah I mean I I knew that that was an issue with paid advertising but I guess it makes sense what you've just said that even if you do in organic posts it still doesn't like it does it it's not preferable content on the platform so that's really good um, tips thank you Um, another thing I wanted to ask you is um, frequency so how frequent should you post what's acceptable what starts to become unacceptable yeah i think if you'd asked me that question 18 months ago it would probably be a very different answer amy and i think it's almost a a knee-jerk reaction that if we're if we're not getting people to see our posts i'll put more out and you know i up the frequency because then that gives more chance that people will see my content and that can actually be counterproductive nowadays because what facebook really is going to reward you for is good quality content that's getting engagement so it's not so much about the frequency and and doing it 
putting out posts really often it's more about as long as you're doing it regularly and consistently and it's good quality and it gets that engagement you will get the rewards for it and in particular what they love is episodic content so it's where the kind of content where people know if they show up on a certain day at a certain time you're going to have a piece of content out there for them to read so they expect it they wait for it and they turn up to, to see it facebook again loves that and will reward you for it by you know sending your posts out and giving you more reach so it's, it's about finding the sweet spot for your audience as well obviously if you're only doing it twice a week putting posts out then that's not a lot of content. You're probably not going to get seen as much. Um, so you probably want to be doing it at least three times a week on your business page, I would say. But there's also merit if you can do it once a day and it's good quality content, then that's great. And in particular, it's been shown that if you find that you're flagging with your Facebook page and you know, you're not getting much traction, you're not getting much interest, not getting much engagement, try posting once a day for 30 days. And it's usually on mm. around about day 30, day 31 that the algorithm will kick in and say, oh, right, there's consistent content going out here. It's getting a little bit of traction. I will help that page and send it out more. Really? And so I guess um, in terms of getting traction, when you're doing that everyday post, you should always be driving the engagement, like asking a question, inviting interaction, basically, so that people are sending those messages to the algorithm saying, we like this content. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's a point that's often missed is, you know, I say things like that, or oh, do a post every day for 30 days. So we suddenly go into a frenzy of just, you know, shoving anything out onto the page. And I think you've always got to stand back and say, what are my audience going to find interesting here? Why should they care about what I've just written and what I've just posted? And, and focus on it being good quality content. Uh, and when people say to me, nobody's reading my posts and it's Facebook's fault, you know what? It's not it's that mm. your content just isn't cutting it. So you do need to, to look at what your, your audience wants to listen to. But if you can then consistently and regularly put out good content, then, you know, it will get into the algorithm and it will benefit your page. And it, we're talking about um, pages. Well, that was one of my questions for you as well, which is, um, so if you have a business like, say, for myself, I've got my personal profile and a page. I don't have a group. But I know, you know, lots of people have groups as well. What's your um, kind of advice on when you do have a personal profile, a page and let's throw in a group as well? What should you should you post the same content to your page, to your group, to your profile? Or um, is that not a good thing to do? Should you always vary it or is it beneficial to do that? What, what would you advise with multiple places to post? I'm not a great fan of putting the same content, you know, sort of putting something onto your page and then I'll share it into my groups and I'll share mm -hmm. it into my personal profile. I'm really not a fan of that. I think it's about having a content strategy about what is your purpose for having a group and what's your purpose for having a page? Because that will drive what type of content you put on it. And I think every business might be different in how they use that. I'm not personally a great fan of Facebook groups um, because I think there's just so many of them out there that are all similar. You know, it's the same people that are in a lot of them and you see the same faces and it's all just regurgitating similar types of content. But the, the groups that do really well are the ones that are building community and they are serving a purpose for that community. So 
in building that group, you do need to have a good strategy for that. And that will drive what kind of content you're going to put in there. Um, the approach I often take is that my Facebook page is almost like my shop window. That's People are going to walk past that restaurant window. They're going to look in. They're going to see that it's busy and think, oh, that looks good. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to eat there. Um, so there's a certain type of content that I'll promote that just tempts them in. It's about raising awareness. But if I want to deepen that connection, I'm probably going to move them into a Facebook group. And that's where in there, my content's probably going to be different. I'm probably going to, you know, go a little bit deeper on topics or give more value. So I think it's about having that purpose and strategy in your mind so that when you write a post, you think, where is this going to be best served? Where is this going to help my customers the most? And what do I want to happen once I've posted it? What's my purpose? Yeah, I really like that. So say, for example, if you had um created a let's say we're both podcasters to so a podcast episode and then you're thinking okay i'm going to repurpose this into something to go on my page something to go into my group then don't create the same thing but i get i love what you're saying that think right what's the purpose of my page and how could i repurpose this podcast into something on my page for that purpose then how could i repurpose this podcast into something in my group which would have a different purpose and would you recommend that you would signpost one to the other so on your page be saying um to you know find out more about this there's something great going on in my group at the moment or I go deeper in this in my group do you signpost that in that way or isn't is it more subtle yeah, no, I probably would do. And I think, again, mm -hmm. it comes back down to your strategy about where you want people to go. What's your customer journey and, and what do you want that customer flow to look like? So if it's important to you that you you know, you know start with your page and then you signpost to get people into the group, then you could put those signposts on some of your posts and vice versa. If you want to get more people seeing a page post, then you probably want to tell your group members it's there and get them to go and, to go and look at that. Now, you could do that by sharing in the group. But I think it's, you know, there will always be times when you might want to share um, something that's on your page into your group if it's going to be informative if it's something the group members need to know then you're not going to write that out twice but it, I think it come, always comes back to this you know who needs to know this and what what's my purpose and where where is it going to be best you know yeah. best and it's really important to make sure that you have the right um, people the people that you want in your groups isn't it because I know a few people who have ha had groups that have almost been a victim of their own success because they've got too big a bit too out of control people have come in that just aren't quite right for who they wanted to be in that group and it started to kind of you know uh, I guess lose control a bit like a house party that is really good until a few too many people start knocking on the door that you didn't want to come in and then it gets out of control and you have to stop the party and it feels like to me I don't know if you agree with me or not but I've found some groups become that victim of their own success and and attract people in that perhaps weren't the people that they wanted to attract and then it lost its way. Yeah, I, I mean, groups are interesting, and I, I, you know, I can often get shot down in flames if I say I'm not a great fan mm -hmm. of groups. I and mean, I have a, I have a free Facebook group, um, and I also have Facebook groups that are for my paid offers, and that's where I love Facebook groups because I think as a support. Um, and building community for paid offers, they are fantastic in serving people better. But that's not to say free groups have their have their place if you have that set purpose and you can manage the growth of it. And I think that's key what you just said, Amy, is if you if you let it become an unruly house party, that's exactly what you're gonna get. So it's it is about, you know, 
having that strategy for who do I want in this group? Why do I want them in there? How am I going to help them? How am I going to deepen the relationship and build the community? And what what guidelines am I going to build around that? How am I going to moderate that? Am I going to have people in there doing that for me? And um, that they create the buzz and they, they keep the engagement going. Because if you don't and you don't nurture it and you don't put in the work, then you're probably going to find you do have that unruly group and people in there that you just don't want. So it might be as simple as putting, you know, entry questions in there that people have to answer questions before they're allowed to join, that you screen them. And there's lots of things you can do to make sure that you get the right people in there. But I think then it's also having one eye on is this worthwhile to my business to have a group Mm -hmm. because I see so many people spending lots of time trying to get engagement up in a group and it's soul destroying and it's sucking their time and energy out of them and they're actually not getting any sales or any real bottom line benefit from running a group so you've got to at that point I think ask yourselves again what is my purpose for this is it worthwhile me having a group or am I just feeling better about myself and my business because people are engaging me with me and telling me that I'm great yeah exactly and you know maybe because you were advised by somebody that you must get a group so you do and like you said yeah you need to make you need to know is this a hobby or is this something that actually drives my business and you need to look at where you're putting your time don't you and how much time do I put in and what do I get out from a business perspective but I think everything that you said in terms of if you do it right they can work it's just um, making sure that you don't make those mistakes, isn't it? Because it can be really, really a time drain if you do. <laughs> um, so um, in terms of wrapping up our chats, we could talk for, for ages about there's so many things I haven't actually got through on my list of things to talk to you about. But um, if for people who are listening right now, let's say the people who have lost a little bit of faith with Facebook platform um, and they are creating great content every week what would you recommend they should start to to do in terms of just repurposing that over on Facebook if they were to just take maybe one action one action every week to maintain a decent Facebook presence I think it's, it's first of all, it, it is about making sure that you're putting out that good content consistently. So that really is the first step is, is yeah. absolutely focusing on your content strategy and making sure you're testing and that you're getting that engagement. You're starting to get an interaction with people on your page. And as soon as that starts to happen, I think it's about looking, well, what can I do more of that? And it's, it's not necessarily repurposing what you're already putting on and taking out to other places. It might actually just be widening how many people see that content and a really good Good way to do that is simply to to boost your posts. Now, I wouldn't necessarily do that by clicking the boost post button on every on every post, um, but you can go into Ads Manager and for very little ad spend, you can promote that post that you've already put on your page and bring in new audiences that have never heard of you. And that makes the algorithm sit up because then the more people are interacting with the post, the more Facebook says, okay, I'll serve it to even more people. Uh, and that can really get you to get, gain some traction. And then if you've got a good strategy for how you keep serving that content and how you build a relationship with people through your content and through what you do, and put offers to them, that's how you can really effectively monetize your Facebook page. But I would definitely start with, you know, your content strategy, making sure it's absolutely stellar and on point. Your messaging is is just great um, and practice that on your posts. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Liz. That's really, really useful. Um, completely agree with everything you said. I think that's really good advice. Um, so where can people go to connect with you, find out more about what you do? 
well, it'll come as no surprises. I'd love them <laughs> to come and hang out with me on my Facebook page. So you'll find me over at um, facebook.com forward slash Liz Melville SM. Um, and also come and listen to the podcast. It's ads that convert and you'll find that on Apple and all good podcast places. Yeah, brilliant. Well, of course, I'll add um, links to everything that you just mentioned in the show notes. So that will all be there. Um, so, well, great. Thanks, Liz. It's been really great chatting to you. As I said, I think we could carry on for ages, couldn't we? But, but I'll, I'll wrap it up. So thanks so much. Um, put the links to everything. And um, yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thanks so much for having me on. 